all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to Body of Christ Real Talk. Hello, good morning, good mid-morning, good afternoon, good mid-afternoon, good evening, good mid-evening, and hello to my night listeners. Once again, Joseph Brownlee, Body of Christ Real Talk. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the show. Spiritual Obesity. Today, finally for some, but I can keep going on this, but today is the conclusion of this series, 18 shows long, spiritual obesity. Basically, it's really only 17 shows because I had an in-between break talking about the, uh, the uh, I, I done a podcast, that outside podcast about um is America one of the evilest nations in the world? So that is counted with, according to the way the podcast set up. It's counted up like this. So basically, the spiritual obesity series is seventeen shows so far. This will be the eighteenth show, excluding that show that I've done outside. So it really would be eighteen shows for the ones that haven't been keeping up or tuning in with this series. You're welcome to look at the last, excluding. The uh, uh, the 17th show You look at the last shows After that uh, The last uh, 17 shows On spiritual obesity Now I will try to get them Out to you the best way I can But the only way I can do that Because of the way my podcast is set up Until I find another way Because I'm still kind of green And podcasting distribute distributing and stuff like that I could just give you to you by numbers to let you know what numbers to uh, listen to from the shows like 320 something to etc etc and stuff like that that way you will know which uh, series go together if it's a series and that's how I would do that with the physical obesity series as well as the, uh, the spiritual obesity series okay now but without any further ado I'm going to get right in to this now for the ones that's been tuning in, uh, if you remember, I left off on First Corinthians 15. First Corinthians 15, 1 to 4. And if you remember, that's the gospel message. That's the gospel message for today through the Apostle Paul. First Corinthians 15, 1 to 4. I'm going to read that again. I'm going to read that again. But to give a little backtrack, not much, but to give a little backtrack, I was just tra- I gave you a little history uh, on the transition from the Kingdom of Heaven program to the Gospel of the Grace of God program. From the Kingdom of Heaven program, starting with John the Baptist, Jesus' earthly ministry, the disciples, and then uh, who became apostles, then it came the leaders, Peter, James, and John. You know, 
the transition started after the stoning of Stephen in Acts 7. For the ones that have not been listening, the stoning of Stephen. And I went through all that and everything. But I gave you so much background before that. That that's very important that you wrote verses and scriptures down or, and, or replayed the show. And I know they're long, but if you want to grow in Christ and learn how to rightly divide, you just have to do things in repetitions. You know, I had to do it. You have to do it as well to, for your spirit, man, to grow. Not your flesh, not your traditional flesh, but your spirit, man. Because you have to remember what I'm doing. And this including me, too. It's a detox. I'm giving you a detox. So you have to detox all the old traditional bad doctrine out of you. And then you got to put it back in and purify yourself with the right doctrine for you to lose that spiritual weight. You understand what I'm saying? You know, metaphorically wise. So it's just like a physical detox. This is like a spiritual detox. So you have to learn how to get all. And these 15, these 16 and 17 shows is not going to do it. You have to do it continually. With reading, with studying, and with prayer. You have to do it continually and everything, you know. All together or one of them. It's the main thing is you reading the word and you trying to study the word. That's the very important thing. That's that's the beginning of getting that spiritual detox. Getting all that traditional stuff out of you. And I'm going to tell you this. This is very important. What I am... Uh, basically teaching right now is still going to go over a lot of brothers and sisters in Christ's head. I expected to go uh, over the unbelievers head, but it's still going to go over a lot of uh, uh, sisters and brothers in Christ's head, not because they disagree, not because they don't think it's uh, they don't think it's right. It's just because they don't want to accept it. It's because they don't want to accept it. Now, keep putting, keep putting a lot of emphasis on that because a lot of, I'm talking about the body of Christ now, a lot of men and women of God in the body of Christ still will not accept this type of teaching, especially if they still go to a denominational church that teaches the contrary or teach them that Peter and Paul and the earthly ministry of Jesus and everything taught the same gospel let alone the same sound doctrine. So that's going to be tough. I understand that. But you will have to make a choice. You must make a choice in everything, especially when scriptures and verses is put right in your eyes. You have to make a choice. A choice. Has nothing to do with your translation or whatever. You know, because not all translations is bad, but a lot of them lines up with the King James Bible when it comes to these simple ones that I was showing you, especially when it comes to the gospel of salvation. And then I talked about that gap where many churches are stuck at. And the reason they're stuck because they are still they still don't know the mystery program, the hidden wisdom, the hidden, the unsearchable riches was only revealed to the Apostle, the Apostle Paul. That's the hidden message, message, the hidden wisdom. The mystery, the King James says, the mystery that was only revealed to Paul, which is uh, is somewhat like the uh, the finished work of Christ. And remember, I said when Christ, earthly ministry, when he died on the cross, it was never fully revealed what really happened. It was never fully revealed. It was only revealed to the Apostle Paul. You see what I'm saying? It wasn't revealed to Peter and the twelve of none of them. It was only revealed to the Apostle Paul. Then when Jesus went up, he came down 
what well, the disciples and stuff like that are talked about then they asked the question uh and asked a hey, matter of fact let's go to that right quick because I wanna I wanna be wanna make sure that I'm not just saying this a lot because I want you to read these scriptures yourselves. So let's go to Acts 1. Alright. And I'm going to just read Acts 1. Let's start uh, at 3. To whom also he showed... Alright, let's start at 1 so we can get into context. Acts 1. The former treaties have I made uh, O Theophilus of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. See, now who is this talking? Now remember, the book of Acts is a transitional book. The book of Acts is a transitional book. Always remember that, okay? And uh, the former treaties have I made to Otheophilus of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up. After that, he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. He gave the apostles. Who were the apostles? The twelve apostles. Okay? He gave them commandments. And if you go to <coughs> the end of Matthew and Mark uh, 15 or 16, he, you know what those commandments are, which is also the Bible calls the Great Commission. <coughs> okay, verse 3. To all to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, being seen of them forty days. He spent time with them forty days. Proofs being seen of him forty days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Now, the kingdom of God. No one breaks that down as well as Les Feldick. But let me just tell you what that is. When a king, <clears throat> the kingdom of God is like a circle. The kingdom of God is just that he's the, the uh, he, he has the throne. He has the overwhelming and the omniscient power over the heaven and the earth. The kingdom of God is showing that he's Lord over everything. The kingdom of what's in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is the kingdom of heaven program and the body of Christ. Uh, the gospel of the grace of God, the body of Christ. That's within the kingdom of God. See, so when G night is sometimes used interchangeably, but when it comes to the kingdom of God, that means that just means God's reign over the whole universe. That's the kingdom of God, which he will reign over the whole universe. He's lending it out to Satan and all that now. But he he's the ruler over the whole universe, the kingdom of God. He's the ruler over the body of Christ and the, the kingdom, the kingdom saints. See, so they're inside the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven and the body of Christ is within the kingdom of God who rules over all of this, okay? So I hope I got that out, okay? So being seen of them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So the kingdom of God is mentioned here is basically he's talking about the kingdom of heaven as well. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which said, ye have heard of me. Now, Jesus told them what? Not to depart from Jerusalem. And I spoke on this before because many people 
traditionally traditionally was uh, traditionally taught. Well, I can't get my words out. That Jesus just went around healing everybody, meaning he went around the world and just healed everybody because we was not taught uh, of the difference between the Jews and the Gentiles. But right here, it shows that Jesus told them to stay in Jerusalem. And remember, I said the majority of the signs and wonders and miracles and the healings Jesus done and the people he talked to was the Jews in Israel. At least 99 point something percent was Israel, Jews. Excepting, excluding the two Gentiles, the Roman centurion, centurion and the Canaanite woman. See, those was the exceptions that Jesus healed, okay? But the majority of them was Jews, okay? All right. So this is also, sure, you should understand if Jesus told them not to depart from Jerusalem, that tells you they was never out of Jerusalem. They wouldn't, they never went to no other Gentile nations. Okay, you understand? We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. There's only one road into Key West. But you won't believe where it can take you. Travel back in time to a city rich with history. Discover amazing artists and musicians. Taste seafood fresh off the boat. Or just kick back and soak up the island vibe. For more about Key West, visit flakeys.com. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. Okay. But wait for the promise of the Father, which said, He, ye have heard of me. Wait for the promise of the Father, which is the Holy Spirit. That's going to happen in Acts 2, the day of Pentecost. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence, not many days from now. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, this is what I want you to see, verse 6 in Acts 9. When they therefore were come together, they asked him, when they came to Jesus, when Jesus was with them after his resurrection, he haven't went up to heaven as yet. He haven't been glorified and went up to heaven as yet. <clears throat> so, the Bible said, when they came to Jesus, they asked him, Lord, without at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel. Why was they asking that? Because their kingdom was always promised to them. It was always prophesied and foretold for them. Their kingdom is the future millennium kingdom. They was looking for that kingdom to be set up then. See, that's why they said at this time. See, they was look. They knew Jesus was supposed to be resurrected. They were still kind of blind on the uh, crucifixion because God kept it hid from them. But after they was Jesus explained that to them, they knew that he had to be resurrected and come back. So they was kind of confused. They thought there was his coming back to set up the kingdom. That's what they asked. Because they knew Jesus was supposed to come back the second time. See, the second coming of Christ after the tribulation. See, but what they also missed was there still had to be a seven-year tribulation. 
So it was just like a child asking their father, you know, they don't have the clear picture. They don't have a real clear picture. So it's just like a child asking a father, Lord, is this the time you're supposed to come back and set it up? Because they missed a lot of things. They missing a seven year tribulation and stuff that's supposed to happen before the return of Jesus. But ignorance is a blitz. When you ask ignorant uh, questions, don't mean you're stupid, but it's just you don't know. So they were still kind of uh, in the gray area on that, even to ask that question. But my point is what I want to point out. The bullet point in this verse is uh, when they say, uh, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel. Why do they say again? Because remember, David was the king of Israel. David was the, the called king. Paul, the Saul, King Saul was the first, but David was the true king. That was Jesus came out of that lineage and stuff like that. It was destroyed and everything like that. So they was looking for a restoration, which was the millennium kingdom going into the new covenant, the new testament. That's why they asked him that question. See what I'm saying? Okay. That's the verse I wanted you to see. So, uh, and then we went to Acts 8, and I uh, read the conversion of Saul, and I read a few verses and stuff like that on Saul. You have to go back there at uh, the last tape and just listen to that, the conversion of Saul. Now, Acts 8 is very important because the transition from the kingdom program started manifesting itself after Acts 7 through the stoning of Stephen, see? That was a blast, final strike right there, blaspheme against the Holy Spirit. Not because they stoned Stephen, and I'm not putting that belittle on Stephen. It's because they, reje- they rejected the third of the triune. They rejected the Holy Spirit, and that was the third strike. Blaspheme. That's what Jesus is talking about when you blaspheme the Holy Spirit. They blasphemed that time. See, God gave grace to Paul because Paul, Saul did it too, but he gave grace to Saul. See? But they blasphemed. That was the final strike. This is when the Jews scattered and the only ones stayed in Jerusalem. Because according to verse Acts 2, I mean Acts 1, what did Jesus tell them? He told them to stay in Jerusalem. That's why the apostles did not leave Jerusalem. But the other Jews and a lot of the little flock, they ran out of fear. They scattered. And that's when Saul started to persecute them later on down the line. But God intervened. And Acts 9 was the beginning of the early transition of the kingdom program transitioning to the grace program. And at that time, slowly but surely, at that time, God postponed the kingdom program. See, now, what I want you to understand. Remember what I said, what came with the kingdom program? What came with the law? What came with the Jewish program? Signs, wonders, sacrifices, tithing, different type of rituals and stuff like that where a lot baptism baptizing in water where a lot of churches still do that in their denominational churches. The majority of the the Bible traditional ways, not the man-made, but the Bible traditional ways that the majority of the traditional denominational churches perform their churches today is from this kingdom program. Remember that it's from the kingdom program, not the grace program. It's not in Paul's teachings. These are from the uh, kingdom program. 
the earthly ministry and after the earthly ministry of, of Jesus. This is the kingdom program, which is also the law, the covenant programs. So a lot of churches practice that. Now, the tripped out thing about that, the, the, they only handpick, denominational churches handpick certain things what they want to practice. See, they're already breaking the law if it was a law today. So they, they basically handpick a lot of, of the traditions from the law and the kingdom program in their denominational churches. You see what I'm saying? So they don't follow it all. They know better than that. But they just handpick certain ones like baptizing in water, speaking in tongues, uh, pan tithing and different things like that. And, uh, you know, and uh, some of them still certain dress codes and, you know, different things like that and certain rituals that came with the covenant and the kingdom program. So that's what I mean by they pick and choose uh, a lot of things out of the kingdom program. See? You 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 get you get me what I'm saying. That's where a lot of spiritual obesity comes from because they they are they're taking they're trying to do things that was only for Israel. That's why a lot of the replacement theology or re, replacement Israel and all that stuff. A lot of churches still traditionally do a lot of the kingdom program works and the law program works. Most of them out of ignorance, ignorance, and then it's added with man-made traditions, which make it even worse. You know, pastor celebrations and certain eat-outs and certain days like their children's program, assistant passes, junior passes, all that is man-made traditions. It's not in the Bible. That's what I mean by man-made traditions. See, now I'm not saying those things is bad, but it's not biblical. Let me say it again. I'm not saying it's bad, but it's not biblical. You just can't pick and choose things out of the Bible and then add to it man-made traditions. But the majority of the denominational churches have done that and still do that. Okay. Now, going back to here, when the transition from the kingdom program to the grace program, starting in here, Acts 8. See, and I'm not going to read that again. I'm going to go back. To uh, First Corinthians fifteen. Let's go back to First Corinthians fifteen to one. The gospel of salvation. Now I'm going to be hitting a few verses here, okay? And uh, I'm going to read this again. This is Paul. Remember, Paul is talking to believers. All of Paul's letter is addressed to believers. That's very important to remember. It's not address to the world of the unsaved see that's why when you tell an unbeliever you need to start going to church or you need to start need to start reading your bible or you need to start understanding what the bible is saying or you just read to them you are not helping that unbeliever because this might sound harsh the word of God, especially under the grace program, because uh, Paul, Jesus, through Paul, led him to only really teach to believers, see, to teach to the believers. So therefore, when an unbeliever open up this word and read it and try to apply it for themselves, it would never work because it's only for believers, 
an unbeliever just can't pick up the Bible and start claiming things, which you can't do that anyway, and start reading verses and quoting verses, and they feel good about it. Because it's not for the unbeliever, it's not for the unsaved, it's for the saved. See, I don't never, or I would never tell an unbeliever, get you a Bible and start reading it unless I show you some verses for them to get saved. Or I'm just reading a story to them. But I will very openly tell them this does not apply to you. See, these, especially when it comes to the letters of Paul, it is our job and our duty to let an unbeliever, what I'm reading now does not apply to you, but it can. But it can. To an unbeliever now, you must uh, teaspoon them. You must feed them. See, the, the key is to try to get them saved. Try to get them to this verse. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 and 4 is to try to get them saved. Okay? So, I don't know why I went that way, but I want the uh, the believers to understand. And if you are an unbeliever, what I'm reading does not apply to you unless you believe what I'm going to read now for your spirit, man, to be made alive. Okay? All right. This is the gospel of salvation today. This is what I left off the last time. 1 Corinthians 15. One to four. This is the gospel. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I have preached unto you, which also you have received, and wherein ye have stayed. Now remember, who is the you? The you is the believers. That's already saying he's talking to believers. See, it's just like a uh, a reminder of the gospel. See, they already believed it. Because he just said that which they have received. That's why they are standing. They standing on that gospel that uh, Paul presented to them, the gospel of the grace of God. See, okay? This is not the kingdom gospel. This is what I want you to see that's listening to me. This is not uh, the 12 Peter, James, and John or what Jesus' earthly ministry was teaching. This is the grace gospel, okay? That's very important to understand. All right. This is the gospel of grace. Let me read this first. I'm going to go uh, to another verse. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preach unto you, which also ye have received and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved. In other words, what I am telling you, which you already know, you are saved. You know that. The gospel that I'm finna, when I'm preaching right now is the way you got saved, including myself. That's what Paul is saying. Okay. By which know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions and it's because that occasional shave really hurts it's the time of year for big occasions and yet there he is suffering with that cheap drugstore razor let's help him out henson shavings line of razors built with aerospace precision deliver a smooth shave your dad brother and even son can enjoy eventually with replacement blades just 10 cents each you'll buy it once and they'll use it for life how's that for the perfect gift Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase. And no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. There's only one road into Key West. But you won't believe where it can take you. Travel back in time to a city rich with history. Discover amazing artists and musicians. Taste seafood fresh off the boat. Or just kick back and soak up the island vibe. For more about Key West, visit flakeys.com. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. 
to you are saved if you keep in memory what I have preached unto you, unless you have heard, believed in vain, or believed for nothing. For I declared it to you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. That is the gospel for the church today. That's the gospel of salvation, the only way to be saved today. Okay? Now, that's very important to know. It's very important to know. Now, many people say, no, I just can't accept that, you know, uh, you got to believe who Jesus, you got to you know, confess your sins and stuff like that. You got you got to do that. Okay. Is there truth in that? Yes, that is truth in that. That is the gospel. Now, I'm going to ask another question. Was that gospel for a Gentile? Was that the gospel for other nations to be saved, period? Now, I'm not talking about the price of life. Remember, they haven't went out to the nations yet. And I told, I told you about those exceptions, the Roman centurion and the Canaanite woman. But was that gospel for the, all the nations yet? No, that was for Israel. Remember, that was for Israel. They had to be cleansed first. They had to believe that Jesus was their Messiah first. I don't know how many times I have to keep going over that. There was a Jewish messianic gospel. See, believe who he was. Matthew put a lot of emphasis on Jesus being king. The book of John put a lot of emphasis on Jesus being God and the son of God and believing who he was. When you read those books, you will see what I'm talking about. Like I said the other day, over 35 times, the kingdom of heaven is mentioned in the book of Matthew. And it's several times, I don't know how many times in John, because I didn't uh, count it, and St. John I'm talking about, because John wrote five books. And St. John, him believing who he was for salvation is several times in St. John's, because it presents Jesus as God and Jesus as the Son of God. The promise, promise you know, Messiah, you see. No, Matthew is more like the promised Messiah, the kingdom. So those two gospels stands out in that way. Now, the ones that kind of are like a harmony together is Matthew, Mark, and Luke. They, they call them like the synopsis gospels. See, Luke is mostly based on his humanity. Mark is mostly like a lot of, uh, it's based on him being a servant. So it's not a lot of doctrine and teaching in the book of Mark, 16 chapters. See, historically, the book of Luke talks about, you know, uh, uh, what people call the nativity scene, you know, but it's nativity scene is not mentioned in the Bible. That's another tr traditional man-made type of way of saying that. But the birth of Jesus and everything like that, it gets into the, uh, the birth of Mary, I mean, uh, Elizabeth and stuff like that. So it gets more detailed on that part, uh, you know different than Matthew or any other Gospels. I don't want to get too deep into that because that's a beautiful but true teaching. And uh, my point is <clears throat> Jesus' earthly ministry Jesus when he walked on the earth was for Israel. He came for his own the Bible says. His own was Israel because he was a Jew. Another hint, he came for his own. His own was Israel, the Jews. 
You might not like this. People hate, they hate that. And they get jealous. But that's what it was. He came as a Jew. And he came for the Jews. He came for the many. See? And that's, he done many things to the many. Sighs and wonders and great teachings and everything. To Israel. You have to focus on that. That's, you must that's the way to follow the Bible, the who, what, when, and where, and why of the Bible. It's very important. It's very important not to put yourself in everywhere in the Bible. That does not apply to you and I. We must know what program we are in. And we're not in the keep a kingdom program. We was never under no covenant. We are not spiritual Israel. We are not even going to be part of the New Testament. We're a whole new mystery program, a whole new mystery called the body of Christ, the new creature. Not the born again. That's Israel. And the New Testament, they had to be born again because they was God's first son spiritually. I know many people think it's Jesus. Jesus was God's begotten son. It never said Jesus was God's son. Now your translation might say that, but that guy, he wasn't God's only son. He was God's begotten son. Israel was God's first son, spiritually speaking. Israel was God's first son, okay? All right. Okay. So just remember that Jesus' earthly ministry was for Israel. Let's go to um, 2 Corinthians now. Uh, 2 Corinthians and 5 and 16. Let's start at 15. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth. Now, henceforth mean going forward or from now on. And he died for all, that they which have lived should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Okay? All right? Remember, Paul's teachers always put emphasis on the resurrection. Peter and them didn't. The kingdom program didn't put emphasis on his resurrection. Paul put a lot of emphasis. He preached the cross, so a lot of his teachers are on him raising again in the resurrection. Okay? Now, this is the verse I want you to see. Wherefore, henceforth, remember henceforth means for now on. Keep that for now on or going forward. Wherefore, for now on, know we no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet know, yet now, for now on, know we him no more. Now, that sounds kind of crazy. I don't know what your translation might say, but what this is saying is we do not, Paul is telling them, we do not follow Jesus from his human nature or what he done on earth anymore. That's what Paul is telling them. Wherefore, henceforth know we no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. In other words, we, just speaking Paul's time, Paul is telling the we, we no longer follow Jesus' earthly ministry. Now that's not a put down. You got to understand that that's not a put down. We don't follow, we don't no more follow Jesus when he was in the flesh. Remember the term flesh always means human nature. When the King James talks about the flesh, it talks about human nature. And we said after the flesh, we don't follow his human or earthly ways. We don't follow that way anymore. We used to, but we don't anymore. 
This is very powerful. We do not lo- no longer follow Jesus' earthly ministry. That's what this verse is saying. We don't follow him after the flesh. We don't follow him when he was in his humanity. See, the glorified Jesus. See, there's no more earthly human Jesus. We don't follow that now. We don't go back and follow that. We follow the heavily bounded, the resurrected Christ. See, that earthly ministry is no more. It has been postponed. You understand what I'm saying? That's what Paul is saying right there. Let's go to verse 18. And all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Now what is this verse saying? When Jesus died, he was buried. But when he rose again, that was the eternal finished cross that was explained to the Apostle Paul. Now all this information Paul is teaching his followers only he knew it was only revealed to him Peter and them knew nothing about this what I am reading was and at that time was only revealed to the Apostle Paul you won't hear this type of teaching nowhere else in the word of God in the Bible nowhere this was this was Jesus okay given this given this mystery this unsearchable riches to the Apostle Paul. In other words, when I talk about the finished work of Christ, the finished work was never explained. I know I keep saying it to no one but Paul. That's why his teaching is so different. That's why you you don't hear this type of teaching. You might fool yourself to think you'll do, but you don't hear this type of teaching in nowhere in the Gospels. Nowhere and Peter's letters, James letters, John letters, you don't hear that the way Paul teaches because it was only revealed to him. See, it's a whole new different program for us Gentiles. See, and therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Now, this is after I read 16, I skipped that, but. You must read them together. We don't know. We no longer follow Jesus after his earthly ministry, after the flesh. Second uh, Corinthians 5 and 16. 17 says, therefore, if any man be in Christ. In other words, since we don't do that, therefore, therefore, that means going forward. This is for the now. This is going forward. If any man be in Christ. See, remember, you said we don't follow him after the flesh. But therefore, now, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, listen closely, all things are become new. Now, traditionally, we used to believe that just meant us individual. That means, oh, I'm a new new creature now. I mean, the old things, the way I used to live and everything like that. Now, I'm a new creature now. We read it that way because we was taught that way but looking at it in the whole Paul is not saying that I'm busting a lot of people's bubbles Paul is not saying that this is not an individual thing that we teach today like see I'm a new creature now because when I got saved you know those old things I used to do is gone now but that's not what Paul is saying Paul is saying old things the old way 
under the law. That's what Paul is talking about. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, you got to read the verses together. 16, then you go to 17. Therefore, you have to read the Bible together. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Now, in other words, let me put it plainly in a, in a uh, very uh, paraphrased way. Okay, since we don't follow Jesus' earthly ministry, this is the way we follow. Now, going forward, this is the way we follow. Now, if you believe in Christ. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday oh come on now you know you deserve it a steak patty on any mcdonald's breakfast sandwich i mean any breakfast sandwich biscuit mcmuffin bagel mcgriddles a juicy steak patty on any breakfast sandwich and when you order through the app buy one and get one free now go get them Valid for product of equal or lesser value. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid one time per day. Excludes one, two, three dollar menu. He is a new creature. Remember, Israel is born again. But the body of Christ is a new creature. Because why? All things have become new. Okay? Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things. The law, the way that you they, uh, they used to follow Jesus or think of look at Jesus in the flesh, are passed away. See, all the law and all the earthly teachings are are passed away. Okay, behold, all things is almost like that. Voila, everything is new. Just like it's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. Same thing. God is going to make everything new. Just like it's going to be a new testament, a new covenant. Same thing. All things are going to be new. Just like the new creature, the body of Christ. Same thing. New. God is making everything new. You see what I'm saying? Old things are passed away. That's the law, the kingdom program and everything. Behold, all things are become new. Now, 18 says, and all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given us, given to us the ministry of reconciliation. See, God is able now or he did. Let's let, let's read this again. And all things are of God who hath, hath is like past tense, not who having, who hath. It's done. It was finished. Reconciled us to himself. Who is us? The us is the world. Now, the us is everybody. Now, he's talking to a believer, but the us is the world. And the believers is part of us. The believer is part of the world, spiritual-wise. So we have to understand that. Have to reconcile us to himself by Jesus Christ. Or you can say, have reconciled the world to himself. See, now what what would you know what you don't want you? I don't want you to get confused though, because God reconciled himself to the world doesn't mean he saved everybody, doesn't mean you saved because he reconciled back to you. And another thing you must understand because God reconciled himself back to us doesn't mean that we are reconciled back to him. You see what I'm saying? You cannot just 
start putting things and reading and just start adding to it. The reconciliation right here is only God reconciling himself first to the world because what Jesus done is the atonement. I talked about that before. Now, what needs to happen now? The world needs to be reconciled back to God. And the only way it can be reconciled back to God is what? It's through Jesus Christ by believing in his death, burial, and resurrection. Then the world can be reconciled back to God. You understand what I'm saying? And check this out. And has given to us. Now the us he's talking about is the church, the body of Christ. You see what I'm saying? The us, the ministry of reconciliation. That's our ministry that's in the church. That's the, that's the body of Christ ministry. The ministry of reconciliation. See? Not the Great Commission. We're not part of the Great Commission. That's going to be fulfilled in the future with the, uh, the 144,000 virgins and all that. The Great Commission, because they, didn't, they, didn't, they failed in the Old Covenant trying to do that. They never made out of Jerusalem. The new creature... Uh, our ambassadors and we do we have we, we do the ministry of reconciliation we the God what we do we reconcile people back to God because and tell them that God reconciled himself back to us so our part of our witness is supposed to be letting the world that they have a chance to be reconciled back to God based on God reconciling himself back to them Okay, now if something else added to this, this is the reason why they can be reconciled back to God. Let's go to 19. To wit, that God was in Christ. Here we go, reconciling the world and to himself, reconciling the world and to himself, not, this is very important, not imputing their trespasses unto them and hath continued and hath committed unto us the word, here we go again, of reconciliation. Remember he said in 18, what was committed to us? To be the ministers of reconciliation, to reconcile the world, to tell them the good news that God reconciled himself to us. So we need to, if you want to know how to really witness, these are some of the verses that teaching you, that teach you how to witness. What we supposed to be witnessing. What should be coming out of our mouths? Because the majority of us do not even know how to witness. We're not witnessing right. We, under the grace program, was never told to witness that somebody needs to repent of their sins or stop sinning or make the Lord of our life or confess Jesus in their heart. or let Jesus. That's not the gospel and that's not witnessing. This is what we're supposed to be witnessing, witnessing and telling them that they have been, they got a chance to be reconciled back to God now because God reconciled himself to us. We follow this format. This is witnessing. This is how you win people to Jesus. When you tell them this, then you go to 1 Corinthians 15, 1 and 4 and tell them how they can be justified and they can have righteousness. They can be sanctified when they believe what Jesus done for them. This is just the open the doors part. What's what happened? See, it's just like if I'm going to an unsaved person, what first thing that I should mention to them? God loves you, so you need to confess your sins? No. According to this, you know, now you know it's going to be a lot of in-between. You tell them what God done for them. How God, you know, God reconciled himself to you. If they don't understand what reconciled me, you explain that to them. See? You explain what he means. Reconciled is just like getting back together. 
see, and stuff like that. You explain that. So it's our job to tell them you have a chance to be reconciled back to God. And if they ask why, how could I be reconciled back to God? Before you even go there, they might say, well, what about my sins? I live so bad. I do this. And, you know, I, I got so much sin and everything like that. Then you explain Second uh, uh, Corinthians 5 and 19 to them. God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them. You let them know God is not judging you for sin because he's not charging you for sin because there is no law. He, Jesus took care of all that on the cross. See, that that's going to go over a lot of their heads because when they talk, when they think about their sins being forgiven, they got that mixed up that they, they that they going to heaven. See, just like a lot of leaders in the church still think that. So you, it's up to you and I as believers to explain that to them. We don't have to rush through the gospel. We don't have to do the Joel Osteen fake gospel message of salvation. We let them know the right way how to be saved. We don't want to lose them. We let them know about these verses, either by memory or have a Bible in our hand. See, God wants us to at least know this about memory if we don't have a Bible. So we won't stop making up stuff because the gospel of salvation is the most important thing on this earth. The gospel of salvation. The second one, the second important thing is to let people know that their God is not charging them with sins. What's the third thing? Letting them know that God reconciled himself to the world by not charging them for their sins. See, that's how you have to flow when you witness to people, the true way to witness to these people, okay? Paul, when you're reading Paul's letters of how God wants you to do this and take off this and put on this, that's not for the world, that's for the believers. Paul, when he even rebuked and everything like that, he wasn't talking to the world. He was talking to believers. See, certain duties and certain characteristics with the men and women in the church, he was talking to believers, not unbelievers. Paul's books are for believers. But when it comes to here of salvation, what's for them? That's for the world. So they can become believers. I went a long way around this, so I hope you got some of this. So these three, seven, 16, 17, 18, and 19 is very important. Now let's go to 20. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech, beseech you. By us, beseech can mean beg, can mean urge, or asking or something like that. With uh, King James, beseech you. By us, we pray in you, Christ, stead that ye be reconciled to God. That's very, Paul is making it known, man, y'all need to be reconciled to God. Now, when we are the ambassadors. See? We are the ambassadors of Christ. That's what Paul is saying. See? We are the ministries of reconciliation, the body of Christ. This is the message we're supposed to be going out telling the lost. Now, we don't have to go around the world like Israel had to go to the nations. The body of Christ don't have to go to the nations. It's your neighborhood. It's your brothers and sisters. We are not called to do that. Now, it's okay to do that, but the body of Christ is not called to be missionaries. Paul done that because it was the early ministry. They didn't have the, the stuff like we have today. We have to put that all in consideration. We're not called to go out to all the nations, but it's okay if we're done. I'm not saying you don't, but it's okay if we're done, but we're not called like the Great Commission. Okay. All right. We have people around us that need to be saved, that need to hear the reconciliation message. See? 
They hear they need to hear that message, that reconciliation message. They need to hear that God is not charging you or counting their sins against them. They need to hear that because the majority of the time, most of them hear that they need to repent and stop their sins. And they know good and well that's hard to do. But when you put that reverse cycle on them by letting them know, man, God is not charging you for your sins. You don't leave it there. You explain what you mean. You make sure you let them know that's not saying you can go ahead and sin and live the way you want. All this is saying is God already has forgiven you for your sins. See, now you have a chance to be saved and get yourself together. And all those other things would be added. Justification and all that other stuff would be added. But this, you need to know this is good for them to notice that sin is not stopping them from being saved. It's going to be unbelief. See, these things, they need to be explained to the lost world. Family members, friends, wives, husbands, whatever. You know, need to be taught to them. See? When a child comes to a certain age of understanding, when they know how to read, and stuff like that, that's the time you tell them about this reconciliation because they can comprehend what you're saying there, even in the child's language. You explain to them about sin and all of that stuff. You see them saying very basic stuff that we need to do. All right? We are ambassadors. The Bible says to King James, now then we are ambassadors for Christ as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead be ye reconciled. We pray that you be reconciled. You have a chance to be reconciled back to God now. Very important stuff here. Very important stuff. Now, let's go to the book of Ephesians. I'm going to try to get to this because I'm going to try to make this our last. Let me, let's read some of Paul's letters. I remember, the transition is tucking place. What I'm reading now is for the church today. These are the things we that's really for us. Now, they don't mean we don't read the whole Bible. We should, we supposed to. Yes, we must. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions. And it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions. And yet there he is suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors built with aerospace precision deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother and even son can enjoy eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Your home is more than the sum of its parts. And creating a truly extraordinary space is about more than picking the perfect products. That's why the experts at Ferguson Bath, Kitchen, and Lighting Gallery are here to help you throughout the entire process to create a home that's as unique as you are. Bring your vision to us. Schedule your showroom consultation and see more from brands like Monogram at build.com slash Ferguson. Read the whole Bible because it's, it's the inspiration inspired word of God. But for our program, what we're supposed to be doing for the church. Remember, this is for the church. Our destination is heaven. Israel's def destination is earth. Let me say this again. The body of Christ, the new creature, what I just read, destination is heaven. Paul preached the heavenly places. Israel's destination is the destination, excuse me, is the earth, the earthly kingdom. Okay? All right. Let's read the book of Ephesians. 
Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints which are in Ephesus. Now, when he says to the saints, that tells you right now he's talking to believers, not the unsaved world. These verses I'm reading is not for the unsaved. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the will by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, we listen to this, with all spiritual blessings. Remember, uh, Israel's blessings are going to be earthly. Mainly physical blessings, the kingdom set up and everything like that. Our blessings is heavenly, spiritual blessings, and what? The heavenly places in Christ. This is Ephesians 1 and 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. You're not going to hear none of this in the Gospels or the books of the Apostles. You're not going to hear this. This is only revealed to Paul for the body of Christ, okay? According as he hath chosen us before him in the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Now, a lot of Calvinists got this all mixed up. Verse 5, having predestinated us into the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Now, many Calvinists believe this predestination means that God chose certain ones to be saved. See? But it's not saying that. What the interpretation what what Paul is using predestination is God. God is already foreknowing. In other words, he knew the ones that was going to be saved. God knows for the past, present, and the future, so he knew the ones that was going to be saved. That's why when Paul says he having predestinated us into the adoption of children, it's not saying he just choose you and choose that person to be saved. No, he just knew already that we was going to be the one that accepted his son. See, that's the foreknowledge of God. That ain't saying God choosing someone to go to heaven. That means the other ones he, he chose to go to hell. Do that sound like God? No. That's a Calvinist belief. That's what a lot of Lordship, Salvation, and Calvinists teaches. The Ray Conference and the MacArthur's on all them teach. See, that God chose some to go to heaven and chose some to go to hell. That's how they break down predestination. And they stuck on that. No, God don't flat like that. In other words, God knew who's going to be saved because God can see the future. See, God knew who's going to be saved before he made the earth. Before anything ever existed, God knew who was going to be saved. We don't, we can't comprehend that, <laughs> so we need to leave that alone. But God already knew; He knew the future. He already knew the ones to be saved. So this is Him. This is being revealed to Paul, because Paul only talks about mainly spiritual things that was never revealed to nobody else. That He is revealing to the church. That's why it was hard for Peter to understand in Second Peter what Paul teaches, because Peter was strict in the law. And those things was very strange to Peter before he handed the mantle over to Paul. It was hard for him to understand what Paul was teaching because it wasn't. If it, you got to say this. How come Peter was saying it if Paul was preaching the same gospel as them? Think about that. Why would Peter say some things Paul 
says is hard to understand and many, and many people twist it up like they do the other scriptures. Peter even called it other scriptures. Why would he say that if Paul, him or Paul was preaching the same gospel? Duh. I mean, it was different. He never heard it before. It was something different. He would not say the things Paul teaches kind of hard to understand if it was the same, if it was the kingdom gospel. Why would he say that? If me and you was teaching the same thing, why would I question you that I don't understand what you're saying if we was teaching the same thing? You see what I'm saying? It's a different gospel. All right? I wanted you to read that and everything. Let's go to the book of Colossians. All right? And all you have to do is read the beginning. Very important. Read the beginning. All right? All right. Colossians 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, he usually starts out so much like that, by the will of God and Tim Timotheus, Timotheus is Timothy, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints. Remember, again, the saints is the body of Christ. He's talking to the church, not the unsaved. To the saints and faithful brethren in Christ, which are at Colossae, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying ours for you, <clears throat> since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which you have for all the saints. You know, for the ones that say, for the believers that say, I'm doing a teaching that I haven't done in a while because I'm, I'm, I have to get back on that and connecting the dots. My Bible uh, teaching uh, podcast. I'm doing, I'm, I'm going into the third chapter in the book of Colossians so you get more teaching and, uh, and co uh, connecting the dots. All right. Let me continue reading. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which you have to all the saints. Five, for the hope which is laid up for you in where? In heaven. See, let's read this again. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which you have to all the saints. For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven. You see what I'm saying? Our destination, the body of Christ's destination is heaven. Wherefore you heard before in the word of truth of the gospel. In other words, you heard it. This is what I teach. You heard. Remember, I read Ephesians. Our destination is what is heaven. Verse 6, which is coming to you as it is in all the world and bringing forth fruit as it doth also in you since the day you heard of it and knew the grace of God in truth. Now, who did they hear this from? Epaphras. Verse 7, as he also learned it from Epaphras, our dear faithful, our dear faithful fellow servant who is for you, a faithful minister of Christ, who also declared unto us your love in the spirit. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will, of his will and all wisdom. And listen to this, spiritual understanding. Verse 10, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the what? Knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power, to all patience and long suffering with joyfulness. Verse 12, giving thanks unto the Father and hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints. Our inheritance is future. Our blessings is future in the, heav in the heavenly, heavenly places. He's not talking about the kingdom. He's talking about our blessings for the church, the body of Christ, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness 
darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Remember, we hear kingdom, don't think he's talking about the earthly kingdom, he's talking about the kingdom in the heavenly places, remember? So kingdom just, just don't mean an earthly kingdom. There's a kingdom also in the heavenly places. 14, in whom we have redemption through his blood. In other words, we have been redeemed through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Now the forgiveness of sins happened before salvation. But he's just talking about the package. We have been redeemed through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. See, we've been redeemed through his blood, even the forgiveness of, of, of his sins. See, now, an unbeliever has only been forgiven. He has not been redeemed yet. The redemption he's talking about is for the body of Christ. See, so he's not talking to the unsaved right here. Redemption only comes after salvation. That's part of the justification, glorification, redemption, and all that stuff. That's after salvation. Forgiveness of sins just is just them being forgiveness of sins. That that's not a ticket to heaven. Okay? That's very important to understand. If you go to a lot of Paul's letters. You will notice he has that same type of trend and beginnings. He uses a lot of grace and peace, a lot of stuff like this. Let's read the beginning of the book of Philippians. Paul and Timothy, which is Timotheus and the King James, the servant of Jesus Christ to all the saints, believers only, and Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi and the bishops of deacons. Here we go. Grace and peace be unto you and peace from God our Father from the Lord Jesus Christ. See, not only Paul's lingo is different from Peter's new teaching, and I don't have to—I don't have time to go back to that. But we must understand the letters of Paul. It's so much I can get into, but you get a deeper teaching and a uh, uh, connecting the dots to the Bible study program. Because I usually don't do this much Bible teaching on the body of Christ. Real talk. But for now on, I'm going to do that once in a while. See, that's very important. Now, what all I have told you and presented to you in this series, you must understand that it's more than one gospel in the Bible. And many people in churches still don't see that. It's more than one gospel in the Bible. But you must understand which gospel of salvation is for today. Because all the gospels are not for today. Now I'm going to name four of them. You have the gospel of the kingdom. You have the gospel of the grace of God. They're going to be gospel preached by an angel called the, the everlasting gospel. Then you have the glorious gospel. All of them are good news. But I'm going to tell you this right now. The gospel message to the, uh, the gospel of the kingdom, Israel, the everlasting gospel, to Israel and the nations left in the future, the glorious gospel. Mostly all of those gospels are pertaining somewhat to Israel. The only one is for the rest of the world itself, including the Jews, but mainly Gentiles, is the gospel of the grace of God. It's very important to understand. Paul's letters, and I'm going I'm to leave this because I want to get into something else and I want to talk about it. You 
when you the uh the confusion or the conundrum confusion that the church is in today is because they are they're mixing a kingdom program and Jesus earthly ministry with Jesus heavenly ministry and the teachings of Paul. And then they wonder why the church is so confused and so spiritually overweight. Okay. When you hear the term rapture, what do you hear what did you hear that from? First of all, it's not in the Bible. Okay, it's not in the Bible. Alright? When you hear that term, rapture, do you ever think about what that term where is man-made because it's not in the Bible? Who was the one talking about the catching away of the church and mean the church in the air? Think about it. Did Jesus teach that on his earthly ministry? Did any of the disciples, mainly Peter, James, and John, did they teach that? Did the old prophets, all the prophets, major and minor prophets, did they teach that? That Jesus would meet the church in the air? Did they teach about immortal bodies, your bodies being immortal and, you know, the uh, uh, immortal becoming mortal and stuff like that? Anywhere in the Bible, did they? Who taught that? The Apostle Paul. That's how you learned that. If you pay attention, you didn't learn that nowhere else but from the Apostle Paul. Not the name rapture, but the catching away, the taking away of the church. That's a Pauline doctrine. That's a Jesus Heavenly Ministry doctrine. That's a Body of Christ doctrine. That doctrine is not for everybody. It wasn't from the whole kingdom of church or Israel or Israel's plan or nothing. That's the body of Christ's doctrine. The catching away of the church. See? The body of Christ. Where you get that term, the body of Christ, from? Where did you hear that from? Who taught that in the Bible? Was it taught in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? Jesus' earthly ministry? Did he teach it? Did any past prophets ever teach that? No, it was only taught by Paul, the body of Christ. But that's got mixed up with the kingdom program. Paul was the only one taught about the body of Christ. Why is that? Why come they didn't teach that? If Paul and Peter was teaching the same thing, how come they was teaching so many things so different? <laughs> See? Who taught, the, who taught the church about the body of Christ? See? You got the... You got to look at that. Well, Paul even talked about marriage. You know. Or when men, women shouldn't speak in churches and stuff like that. Who taught that? Even though they miss a lot of churches don't got that all toe up. Who was who taught that? Paul. You got it from his teachings. The ones you don't read enough about. That's where you got that stuff, that those those teachings from. Paul. There's many things you got from Paul, but you get, you would sit up there and say Peter and Paul taught the same thing. They, you would say they taught the same thing, even when it comes to the word grace. Who was the main one you used the term grace and peace? How did you learn that? See, certain verses you use that you knew. It came from Apostle Paul. A lot of people don't. They just read it. 
They don't bother to find out who it came from or who was saying it and why. But they use it to better themselves. You quote all kind of somewhat gospel of salvation messages. The majority of the so-called gospel, what people call it, is not from the, even from the Bible. It's man-made traditional gospel of salvation. Uh, Joe Osteen and these other type of Lord salvation type of gospels, man-made. And if you really pay attention, you know it's not even in the Bible. I just explained to you what is the gospel is and how we should be witnessing for the church today. We're not supposed to be going out there and telling nobody to repent of their sins. That's the kingdom program. That's the Acts 2.38 gospel. We don't tell nobody to be baptized and all that stuff. That's the Acts 2.38 gospel. A real gospel of salvation, but not for today. It's postponed. See? It's postponed. Who says to live is Christ, but to die is gain? Who said that? Did people say that? If I ask somebody who said that, I believe they wouldn't even know. If I say certain things, they wouldn't even know who said it. Oh, it's in the Bible, but I, I don't know who said it. And, and, and what you say is very important who said what. See? It's just like you, you, you quote a certain scripture to me and ask me who said it. Nine times out of ten, I believe I'm going to know who said it. I'm not I, by. I'm going to know it's none of Paul's teaching. I, that's my. That's my point. I'm not saying I know it all. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not saying that because a lot of things I don't know. But I believe the majority of the time you ask me if you just compare. Peter's teaching of Paul, I'm going to know because I'm kind of, I just about know how Paul, what he taught. Not everything, but what he taught and how his message was. And we all should know that. And, and the reason I know that because that's the program that we're supposed to be under. And we're supposed to pay more attention and put more time of learning that. Not the rest of the things. You see what I'm saying? Because that's for today. The kingdom program, they had to put time on that because that was that was that's what was going on for salvation in. We're under grace now. We're supposed to put more time and what's for us under this program. But at the same time, not neglecting the rest of the word of God. You see what I'm saying? Paul delved in the reconciliation. Paul talked about the unsearchable riches of Christ. Paul talks about the resurrection of the dead more than anybody. Paul talked about glory. It's, it's, I had a, uh, I had a paper, I forget where I put it at, and that just was showing how many times Paul mentioned grace and uh, glory and stuff that I more than anybody else in the Bible. Because he was called by the grace of God and there was his ministry of reconciliation. See, now I'm going to leave you with this. Uh, let's go to uh, Romans 16 and 25. Okay. What many people don't pay attention to also when it comes to the teachings of Paul and, uh, and Peter. Uh, let's go to Acts 3 and 20. 
uh, one first. Acts 3, and I think it's Acts 3 and 21. I could be wrong, but let's go to Acts 3 and 21. Bear with me. Uh, okay. There's many people just, just stuck on this. This is also plain in, uh, in your face and simple too. For the ones that are listening to this, I know you just don't want to accept it because this is plain and simple. All right. If I got the right verse. Okay. Let's see. Yeah. Let's go to uh, 21st. Now, remember, who's talking? Who is the person? This is Peter. This is one of Peter's, of several Peter's messages. Y'all want you to listen closely. This is from the King James Version. This is one of Peter's, this is like comparing verses. I love to get Trey Searcy's comparing verses. He got a book on that. It's good to compare verses. See, this is a comparison of Paul's teaching and Peter's teaching. This is just one. There's several. Let's read this. Now, this is Peter. Acts 3 and 19. Repent. Now, remember, repent means turn around, change your mind. Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come. Now, first of all, listen to this. Repent. Change your mind. Ye therefore and be converted. Remember, this is under the kingdom program of salvation. Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may, remember, may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come. Now, you might want to, when is the time of refreshing? The times of refreshing is when they get their new kingdom. This is under the new covenant, the new testament, which haven't taken place yet. They'll say, okay, when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. The Peter is talking about the future kingdom, the future millennium kingdom, the new covenant. So the nation of Israel's fullness of their sins as a nation is only its future. The body of Christ is instantly. See, the body of Christ's sins has, I mean, the, uh, the world since today has already been forgiven. See, it wasn't back here under pre, uh, Peter's message. See, they have to wait for the time of refreshments in the future. Let me continue reading. And he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto, uh, unto you. Listen to this. Very important. Whom the heaven must receive until the times of restitution. When is the time? See, that's future. Until the times of restitution. That's the millennial reign of Christ. He's talking about future. See, all their blessings is coming in the future from the kingdom program. They have to wait until the times of restitution of all things which God had spoken. Listen to this closely. By the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. Now, that's the part I want you to listen to very closely. This was prophesied and spoken out of the mouth of the holy prophets, the past prophets, the major and the minor prophets. Since the world began, since the world began, it was prophesied that this stuff was going to happen for the kingdom program. OK, you got that? Keep your finger on Acts 3 and 21. This is a message of Peter future. Now, let's go to uh, Romans 16 and 25. Romans 16 and 25. 
Come on, let's hear those Bibles, Pat. Let's hear those Bibles going over, all right? Let's go to Romans 16 and 25. All right. Oh, I want you far. Oh, let me go back. Man, where you going, Joe? <laughs> let's go to... I used to be much faster than this, but it's okay. You ain't got nothing else to do. Romans 16 and 25. Why does I keep... These pages are so thin. It keeps double paging. Double paging. I like this Bible and I love it because the pages are so thin. Okay. All right. Now, this is Paul. Listen closely. 25. Now, to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel. First of all, Paul says my gospel. Nobody else in the Bible says my gospel. Peter and none of them never said my gospel. Why do Paul says my gospel? Why do we say that? Because it's a different gospel. It's the gospel that he teach. He's not saying it because he bragged or he invented the gospel. That's not why he's saying that. He's saying my gospel. He really said the gospel that I preach. That's what he's saying. See, that's what it should have said. But I go. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions. And it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions. And yet there he is suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors built with aerospace precision deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother and even son can enjoy eventually with replacement blades just 10 cents each. You'll buy it once and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Your home is more than the sum of its parts. And creating a truly extraordinary space is about more than picking the perfect products. That's why the experts at Ferguson Bath, Kitchen, and Lighting Gallery are here to help you throughout the entire process to create a home that's as unique as you are. Bring your vision to us. Schedule your showroom consultation and see more from brands like Monogram at build.com slash Ferguson. Say should have, but it should have said the gospel that I preach. See, now, let's read this again. Now, to him that is of power to establish you according to the only way that could be established, you was established according to the gospel that I'm preaching. That's what Paul is really saying. Paul says my gospel about three or four times in the Bible and his teachings, my gospel, that means he's the gospel that he's preaching, not the kingdom gospel, but the gospel that he's preaching and the preaching of Jesus Christ. Listen to this. And then I'm going to break all this down. 25. Now to him that is a power to establish me and also establish you according to Paul's gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept, listen to this, secret since the world began. Now what did Peter said in Acts 3 and 21? See? What did Peter say in Acts 21? Since the world began, it was foretold. It was prophesied by the prophets since the world again world began. But what does Paul say? This gospel was kept secret since the world began. Now is that the same? It's Acts 21. Let's go back there. Let's go back there. Oh, this is so much, man. I want you to really you get something. Acts 21. Okay. Acts 3 and 21. I'm sorry. Acts 3 and 21. You can see this there. 
Now, I'm trying to fold these pages and read both of them. All right. Remember, this is Peter, whom the heaven must receive until the times of restitution, future tense, of all things which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. See, there was prophesied that this was going to happen. This was foretold. This stuff was spoken, what Peter was talking about. It was known, it was prophesied to happen. It was nothing hidden since the world began. Paul says, now to him that is of the power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began. Two things I want you to look at. The revelation of the mystery. The things that Paul is teaching. Well, all the things that Paul was taught was by Jesus Christ. It was a hidden message. It was a mystery only revealed to the Apostle Paul. See, the gospel was a, the gospel of the grace of God was a mystery. Not known to no other man how the Gentiles are going to be saved. They knew it, but they just, just didn't know how because it was hidden in God. See, Paul has about two different, seven or eight different mysteries that was revealed to him by Jesus Christ. That was never told to nobody else. See, are the mysteries of the, uh, the son of the son of perdition revealed by the apostle Paul, the rapture of the catching of the church. See, the dead rising in Christ. The catching away the body, the new creatures, the new, new more, the new uh, bodies. Christ meeting the church in the air. See, all this stuff was taught by Paul. Those was all mysteries. Those was never revealed nowhere else in the Bible. It's only through the letters of Paul. Okay. This is the conclusion. I want you to see this, and these are just a few verses, and that's why it's important to do verse by verse Bible reading. You read the book of Romans, you have some stuff in there, man, that nobody never taught. But Paul, see, you read the Romans uh, 4 or Romans 5 all the way going through 8. It's talking about the body of Christ, what happened, what was accomplished on the Christ. That was only explained by the Apostle Paul. Peter never taught that. They didn't know nothing about that. This is the finished wall. Romans is breaking down what happened after the after the cross when he went to the heavenly places. That's the finished work of cross. The book of Romans. He's breaking that down. How we compare to Abraham and stuff like that. You only got those teachings through Paul. See, there's no condemnation against the church. Romans said you only got that through Paul. See, the the marriage, you know, comparing the marriage and everything like that. You only got that through Paul. See, walking in the flesh, walking in the spirit, not in the flesh. You only get that type of teaching from Paul. See, see you go to Romans and you compare it to the teachings of Peter and First, uh, Second John and James and all that stuff, and even Hebrews. You know, they are not the same. They're different because they are not the same. Okay, you have to do that. Not the Book of Acts. I'm just talking about Paul's letters, and you compare them. To first and second Peter's Peter, first and second, third John, Revelation, and Hebrews. They are different. And the four gospels. These this is Jesus revealing all these things to Paul. This is not Paul, this is Jesus revealing these things to Paul. That's why he's going in the book of Galatians. I'm, let's go to Galatians, man. 
you got me started now. <laughs> Matter of fact, let's go to the book of Galatians, the beginning. This is the book of Galatians. Listen to this. Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither. See, Paul only says stuff like that. Peter don't know said it in their books. Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by man, but by who? Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. There we go again, raising from the dead. This is the lingo of Paul. Always talking about the cross and raising of the dead. Peter didn't do that. And all the brethren which are in with me unto the churches of Galatia, grace be unto you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. You notice in Paul's letters, he never mentions, he never talks, he never addresses Jesus as King or Messiah like they did in the Gospels. King and Messiah. He never talked about Jesus as King or Messiah, nothing like that, you know. It was mainly Lord and Savior, something like that, who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from the present evil world according to the will of God. Peter never didn't know too much about that. See, all the finished work of the cross is only explained through Paul. You, we, man, you know about this because it's from Paul's teaching. And you and we done this without even thinking. It was Paul's teaching how we learned this. See? Listen to this. I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. That's the lingo of Paul, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and will pervert the gospel of Christ. Many churches don't like Paul's teaching. Many occults and other faiths don't like Paul's teaching because it's not like the God. It's not like the four gospels. Now, how could you say it's the same? When a lot of people don't like his teaching, it's not pretty. It's not sexy. It's not got. A, it don't have a lot of speaking in tongues and signs and wonders in his letters. I ain't talking about uh, early uh, Corinthians because that was going into the transition from the, the Jews to the Gentiles. Those gifts are still happening, but they faded away later on. Later through Paul's ministry, they faded out. That's why you don't hear Paul talk about signs and wonders and miracles in his letters. They were faded out. They were ceased. That was a transitioning period in the in the book of uh in the book of Acts and in the Corinthians, which is one of his earliest letters. So the uh, the signs and wonders moved over from Israel into the Gentiles, and then it faded on out, laid on down the line as Paul went further further in the ministry. It ceased. That's why his letters has none of that stuff in it. It's not needed. It's a new program. And you will see that when you learn to read Paul's letters. Very important. I love you all. I hope you enjoy this series. It's so much and so many uh, verses that I can tell you. But I, I teach more about stuff like this along with others. Les Felder, Trey Searcy, uh, Justin Johnson, and other uh, guest audio speakers on the Connecting the Dots. You know, but my purpose is always for the man to be saved so his spirit could be made alive. Another uh, way, another term that you hear only from Paul, quicken the spirit, made a light, quicken me, made a light. See, that type of talk was only from the Apostle Paul. <laughs> and you blindly heard that, but just didn't put it together. These things that you walk around saying mixed up with the kingdom gospel, the teachings of the Apostle Paul. And you know they're different. You know they're different. But you have been traditionally blind. You have a lot of spiritual obesity weight 
on you. And it's getting late. It's getting late. It's about two something in the morning. I'm doing this podcast because I love talking about and teaching the word of God. It sounds different because it is different. It is different. And you must just receive that. Okay. Before you go, remember this. You don't have to be forgiven first to be saved. You already have been forgiven. Now you can be saved. And I'm going to leave you with this. I'm going to be talking about a very, going back to a very important subject, which I'm also going to do an ebook on, Lord's willing. MDDs, uh, maladaptive daydreaming. And uh, I want to touch on that. And I want to talk about that today because it's a lot of mental, pe- it's a lot of struggles out there that uh, that I did not know. And why I'm going to talk about this, I, I have to admit, because it's, it's a personal thing with me. Not that I'm going with it. I have been cleansed from that daydreaming part. I struggle with other things, but that part, I do not do the MDD anymore, That's that which is excessive daydreaming. And I had it as bad as anyone. But by the grace of God, I don't have that anymore. But I still struggle with other areas in my life, but not as bad. I'm just about controlled over all of it, so I'm just about close to being clean from it all. But the MDD, I don't do that no more. Thank God. Because that kept me down so long. And it spread it out other struggles that I had went in my life that kept me down. That kept a stronghold on me, I believe, about 60% of my life. That stronghold of MDD, maladaptive daydreaming. Majority of my life, I I was in my daydreams. It, it made me out of an introvert. I did not finish school. I was a slow learner because I struggled with a lot of uh, spectrums of uh, uh, autism and ADHD as well. So I struggled with a lot of stuff, but I didn't know the names with uh, to them, you know, or where they came from or why. But I'm uh, I struggled with a lot of their stuff and still have some little leftovers with me today. And my attention span, a noise that bothers me a lot, you know, I have to have total quietness when I'm studying the Word of God. I get distracted fast still today. You know, I get agitated quick. And that's part of, uh, you know, the symptoms, I believe, of autism or whatever like that. It's not the MDD. It's still other things that kind of bothers me and gets me a little too anxious or whatever like that. But God, but by the grace of God, his grace is his strength is made perfect through my weakness. See, I'm not using that the way Paul used it. Paul had a struggle and he went through some things. That's why he used that verse. My conditions and struggle is different and so is yours. But that verse still applies to me and you. God's grace is made perfect through my weakness. You have to make it personal for yourself. Not what happened with Paul. You got to make it personal for yourself because God's grace is sufficient for the church, the body of Christ. See? All right? So I'm going to uh, talk about that in the uh, the MDD. I chose that over getting into the PJ vaccines. I've really done a lot of teaching on the, P- the, the vaccines and stuff like that. And I'm going to hit that a little later on, which is another hot topic. But mental illness is so strong mental 
illness okay so i'm going to get into that i'm going to get more into mdd talk about this book you know that i'm trying to it's ebook and everything like that and i'm going to talk about you know my financial journey and my physical journey my weight loss i'm doing my way in coming this saturday lois willis and i will give you an update no matter what it is whether i gained or lost i'm going to keep you up on an update on my health as well but what i want to really get into is this maladaptive daydreaming this mdd that totally destroyed me the rest of my life now what do i mean by that it didn't hurt me it didn't it didn't make me it, let me see. mdd is mellow the mellow means is just excessive drink daydreaming now i just learned this i just found out what this was from this uh psychologist uh ellie i forget his name but this psychiatrist calls uh man i bad at names Ooh, my attention span but anyway most people daydream most people daydream normal daydreaming the majority of people daydream i can you can go outside and see people just in a you know, wondering and daydreaming. That's that's normal. But when it comes excessive, or when you when you spend over thirty minutes on down on a daydream, it becomes excessive. I was beyond that. I was beyond that. I can go all. I used to go all day in my own. I call them fantasy world. Now it wasn't out of body, out of mind, and it wasn't a, a dissociation. Which means you want you're not even conscious. You gone or split personality. No, that's the difference between MDD. MDD is not fat. You more in control and you know how to stop and start when it comes to MDD. The problem is you just like it because it's a search. It's a search. It's a certain coping. And I'm learning more and more about it. I listen to people's stories. I talk online to different people with Facebook because I feel that they're part of my family. When Because so many young people, mainly women, incredibly less like panic attacks, struggles with MDD more than men. I don't know why women are getting attacked big time, you know, with MDD. But what I want to talk about. Uh, something that most psychologists and even the ones like myself that struggle with MDD do not want to touch on what can be causing this is the subject of demons and demonic or spiritual. I notice when I listen to articles from psychologists or even the the ones that uh, uh, talks about their MDD, if they think they're in the spectrum or whatever spectrum means they've never been diagnosed by a psychologist, but they have the traits like myself. That's why I put emphasis on spectrum. And if they have the spectral or of MDD and stuff like that. Now, when it comes to ADHD uh, and uh, what's the other OCD and uh, autism, there's a lot of study on that and a lot of things cause that you know it could be from medication it can be from stress or depression the same as MDD but my point is it has been studied more does not mean that it been out longer than MDD it just means that MDD is so still new to psychologists but it doesn't mean the symptoms are new it just means it just cannot be explained yet for some reason like uh, autism can like OSD, OCD or ADHD or uh, neurodivergence and all these other you know acronyms and stuff like that. Something about MDD that just cannot 
they don't want to mess with and they cannot explain it and they they think most of the time people just making up stuff see that's why I want to talk about the demonic and the spiritual aspect of MDD now this is no biblical or scientific proof but anything like MDD I might be wrong, but I don't hear as many people saying they, they, they like it or they want to hold on to their autism, HDHD. Uh, now, there might be, you know, something like that with their struggles, but I don't hear that much as I do with MDD. Maybe I'm focusing on that too much or I'm in that forum too much. But usually when it comes to MDD, because you have more of control over it, you know, over it and everything, I notice most people don't want to let it go. They even talk about it like it's some type of spirit. See, this young lady was on the other day. She was, uh, which I addressed her, and she was talking about it like it was a he or something. Another thing. When it comes to that, that smells like spirit to me. That sounds. That smells like Satan. Uh, uh-uh, see, by me being a believer, I have to hit. Just like I look at things in a biblical lens, I do the same things with mental illness. I never leave that out. Psychologists are mostly unsaved and even some believers leave that out. I don't because those type of oppressions and depressions and stresses is sturdy is spiritual, is demonic as well. See, MDD is one of them. I really believe that MDD, anything that's somewhat, see, the reason, because a lot of these people are not on drugs. They don't, a lot of them don't drink, but they struggle from children on up with this MDD. See, but a lot of them seem to like it, are attached to it. That's the scary part that bothers me with some of these people, and I really feel for them. See, and you got to be sensitive. Uh, uh, you got to be careful with them too, because it's, just, it's almost like they some of them they don't want it, but at the same time they do want it. See, it was different with me, and I've been I struggled for over fifty years. It was different for me. I never wanted it. I enjoyed it, but I never wanted it because I always knew it was abnormal. A lot of young people, especially, don't know if it's abnormal. Then I hear some people, they thought it was a normal way to people. It was. It never seemed normal to me. It was. I never felt it. I'm just talking about me, and I'm not saying I'm the only one. So I look at it in a different way. I never wanted to covet it, even though I enjoyed some of it because I felt like I was in control. I felt like I was the creator. See? So that's why I liked it, but I hated it more. See, and I'm finding a difference in Facebook with these groups. So I'm studying on it and learning more about it. And everything. Hopefully that can help somebody and also give them a chance to hear about Jesus. Because it, it might sound like a cliche, but I did slow down quite a bit when I got saved and then I got married. Because that was my Stimulus, which is called a stimulus, or so STEMI means it was a replacement. I didn't need the daydream a lot now because I have something stimulant to replace it, you know, and I have real tangible things to replace my excessive daydreaming. So, and this survey and this test that I'm doing, which I'm enjoying, but the thing about this test that I'm doing, you have to be very honest when it comes to tests. And I'm the type, I'm just like this, I, I let it all out. Not in a vulgar way, 
but I let out what needs to be let out, you know, with questions and stuff like that, because I'm kind of over it, the, uh, the excessive daydreaming anyway. So I'm comfortable talking about it. Some things I get said about, and sometimes I still wonder the why, but I don't question the why too much. So that leads me of going to the uh, subject that nobody want to talk about, spiritual or demonic, see? And nobody want to touch that, especially the unsaved, you know, because they're kind of enjoying it. They don't want it to be called it demonic. They don't want to hear that because these are for the ones that's enjoying it. So they don't want to, they don't want to hear that. That might scare them, whatever, like that. But I'm very, but I need to help them. I need to help, you know, myself. And uh, by the Holy Spirit being in me, and I'm not bragging, you know, we have, if we let him, a good discernment of these things. Because we know by the word of God, there is spiritual influences, which the other, the world and psychologists, a lot of them anti-God, do not touch. They do things by their head and medicines. While I believe and know there are spiritual entities out there that can oppress, not not possess, but can oppress a believer and sometimes possess an unbeliever. You, you see, you understand what I'm saying? So I have to look at it of an angle of a, I got to look at it in a Christian, a believer perspective. You see what I'm saying? So when I'm talking about something, I don't never mention them. They need to check out medicines or drugs. I'm never going to tell them that's going to be the last. And most things, it would be more holistically or from a biblical perspective. Another thing you don't hear them talking about is as a good antidote for is prayer or reading the Bible or anything. You don't hear none of that. You don't hear nothing about God, Jesus, or nothing from most of these people. And if it's only me, I need to talk about that and be bold about it. You ever thought about demonic presence or stuff like that? What are you fiddling with? What? How was you brought up besides the regular trauma and abuse? Is what was it? Seances in your house, some type of witchcraft, which is like in my family was, and different things like that. See, those are things they might not want to touch on, but they should, because people dabble with a lot of weird, crazy stuff, not only in their home, but surroundings and stuff like that, that can kick off that type of craziness, besides trauma and abuse and drugs and stuff like that. So I'm going to get into that and stuff like that in a spiritual, demonic way. I don't think there's nothing angelic. No, ain't nothing angelic about it. <laughs> uh, you know, so don't even. I ain't going there. It's nothing angelic about it. I'm, I think it's you know more demonic than anything. You know, because so many people are struggling with it. All right, God bless y'all. This is Joseph Brownlee. Love y'all, body of Christ. Real talk. I hope you enjoy these this series, eighteen. Uh, Shows over an hour, so you got about close to 17 18 hours of content, you know, of spiritual obesity. God bless you all. Hope you got something out of these teachings. I love you all. Peace out. Bye bye. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. 
It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday.